the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And have I got a hot show for you. Um, Last week was pretty hot, exposing Obama. And uh, now we have a new angle, a new surprise on the uh, trail to the White House. My goodness, this election is... um, is shaping up to be better than any soap opera that is on television. Um, today's show is called Rocking the Vote, and every day I think our vote gets a little more rocked, but hey, it's a good thing because uh, so many more people are paying attention to the election this year than in many previous years. You know, our country, uh, too many people in America have gotten apathetic about just what it means to have the right to vote in a country. Um, you only have to live abroad for a while to realize just how fortunate we are live abroad in a country that doesn't have a democratic process. Um, so a lot of people have gotten jaded and, uh, you know, have said, oh, what difference does it make? My vote doesn't count. I don't like any of them, those kinds of things. But I must say, at least now, um, the election has gotten everyone's attention. And um, we're going to be putting voters on the couch today with my guest, Dr. Frank Farley. He is an internationally recognized authority in psychology and human behavior, and he's the former president of the American Psychological Association. So welcome to the show, Dr. Delighted, Farley. Delighted to be here, Dr. Carroll. Now, the reason why um, I invited... Dr. Farley is because I came across something that he had written that um, I really found uh, very interesting and true and um, something that we needed at this time. Um, It was a writing entitled, Mikhail Palin, the Not-So-Odd Couple and Heroic Risk-Taking America. And I'll I'll ask you to to talk about that, to to begin uh, introducing us to your... um, to your theory about all of this, or theories, but I just want to um, put it out there uh, right up front that, first of all, I am a staunch McCain supporter and have been since he um, ran in the primaries years ago the first time, and um, and still am, and uh, in fact, I am the West L.A. Um, coordinator for the health professionals in the McCann campaign. So I'm part of this campaign and very vigorously attempting to help him get elected. How, however, that being said, <laughs> I don't have to agree with everything he does, um, and nominating his choice for vice president is one that I found disappointing. However, I want it to be very clear that regardless of who he would have nominated for vice president, um, I would still vote for him, not only because of his personal qualities 
in terms of being a man of integrity and, and patriotism and loyalty and, and on and on, and his devotion to America, um, but his qualities of being a good leader, and also because, as we talked about before on this show, how, what a danger to America Obama poses in terms of uh, some of his hidden agendas that are very much in line uh, with those that terrorists would applaud. So I just wanted to make that clear that anything that I say that is not in favor of his vice president does not mean that I am encouraging anyone to uh, to vote against him, quite the contrary, uh, and not just because you should vote against Obama, but because you should vote for McCain. I mean, he, the man is 72 years old. He's not uh, in today's, you know, today with today's... Um, the state of today's medicine, at least for people who can afford it, <laughs> that is not old. Um, there are many people living into their 90s and 100s. So although, yes, we would like a vice president who we could kind of count on, as people are saying, in a heartbeat to take over the presidency, and I don't think that his choice is that bad, that she couldn't do that, um, you know, I would not suggest putting McCain in the grave just so quickly. And in fact, the fact that he did have health problems in the past, certainly, and the fact that he's running for president, certainly has made him much more health conscious, I am sure, um, than ever before. I'm sure he's getting the best of health care and being very vigilant over his health care. And uh, I personally met him a couple of weeks ago, right before he, uh, when he came to a McCain rally in Orange County in California, and right before he did the Saddleback Church uh, speeches or interviews, and I can tell you that from up close and personal, he looks like he is in the best of health. Okay, that being said, um, why don't you um, go ahead, Dr. Farley, and why don't you lead us into this whole um, uh, the whole idea that you bring up, which is really important for us to remember about uh, heroism and America uh, needing to remember its risk-taking roots. Um, well, you know, historically we were founded to a significant extent by risk-takers, um, people pushing the edge, pushing the envelope, uh, often in a heroic way. I sit here in Philadelphia, you know, I can walk to Independence Hall from here, the most significant historic building in America, according to historians. And, uh, you know, back in 1776, they were a whole bunch of maverick, revolutionary risk-takers, and if the British knew what they were doing in that long, hot summer, they would have hung every one of them. So we have a long tradition of that. We're also a great nation of immigrants. Uh, immigrants tend to show those qualities often of, of risk-taking, coming to a new world. Uh, we have a system of laws that uh, provides a lot of elbow room for our risk-takers, uh, we certainly have a system that places a lot of emphasis on individual rights. And um, you package all those together, and we really, at a very deep level, we're a kind of a risk-taking nation. And I don't think you'll ever understand the American story unless you understand that. So along comes John McCain. Clearly, he's got a lot of these qualities, no question. He, he's almost a poster child for heroism. And we haven't seen uh, the likes of him for a long time uh, in a presidential election, somebody with that kind of heroic uh, resume. Um, then he chooses, and we know that kind of heroism. Then he chooses as his running mate somebody most people have never heard of before. But it's, 
an extremely interesting choice given who made the choice. And that's why I called my article The Not-So-Odd Couple. I don't think they're an odd couple. Actually, they reflect each other to a large extent. And I think she has got some of the same qualities. Now, American people, and this is a very important point, American people have a pretty rich conception of heroism. It's not just, you know, courage and strength. It's not just a military form of heroism, for example. Um, I've done all sorts of research on heroism and, and getting people to tell me who their heroes are, you know, literally thousands of people. Americans, uh, for example, the number one hero in America, can you guess? Hmm. Well, I mean, from reading what you wrote, I guess, it, would it be mother or father? Mother? Yes, bingo, absolutely, and it's parents. They are the number one heroes. As soon as I saw that, I said to myself, whoa, you know, people seem to have a pretty interesting conception of heroism. It's not exactly what you read in a dictionary. So, so we did more research, and we find that, in fact, people have a very rich conception. You can get within the same top ten list of heroes. You can get Mother and Father. You can get Mother Teresa. You can get JFK, FDR. You can get Albert Einstein, for gosh sakes. You can get some sports figures, some religious figures, etc. It shows a really complex view of heroism. So it's John McCain represents a form of heroism, but I think that, that uh, Sarah Palin re- reflects a related form of heroism. If you take a look at her, at her history, her background, uh, she came from nowhere. Uh, often, if you're going to get anywhere in this life and you start with nothing, you don't inherit wealth or connections, you're going to have to take risks, almost by definition. You're going to have to take bold action, take some risks. So I th- she came from nothing, from nowhere, and she sort of worked her way up through the system. She's had to be bold, take initiative. She's been raising a family. She's had her own business. She's got executive experience. She's run for office starting very small, and we've had a lot of people do that. Jimmy Carter comes to mind. You know, he started very small, local school board kind of thing. That's where she started. And then she graduated to, uh, you know, city council. Then she graduated to mayor. And at the same time, raising a family, uh, doing all the other kinds of things that, that many Americans do. And then she runs for a bigger office and bigger office and becomes governor in a frontier state, you know. And normally you expect, whoa, there's not a kind of gender thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's males, you know, in a frontier state. Right. No way. I mean, and she is just, and she's right about the glass ceiling. I mean, she, I think she can smash that better than just about anybody. And so it's a very interesting uh, story that she's telling us, and given Americans' view of what heroism is, I think she fits right in. She sort of complements McCain's form of heroism with her form of heroism. That's why I call them the not-so-odd couple. Well, I, I agree with that. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with that. Um, the, oh, I guess it's not so much that um, that I have anything against her per se. What I am concerned about, however, is that a lot of voters will um, have something against her since they're, you know, she does have a very colorful 
what we know so far is very is, is more than enough color, and I think that. Um, it may well hurt McCain's chances. That's what I'm concerned about. I mean, yes, I totally agree with you that she has had to take a lot of those same risks, be bold, and so on, as McCain has. And I could see them certainly getting along well together, appreciating each other, and so on. But I'm just concerned that there are a lot of things, and particularly now in regard to the pregnancy of her 17-year-old daughter, that too many Americans are going to find fault with and that that's going to hurt McCain's chances. Well, we'll get Dr. Farley's response to all of that and more when we come back. We will do need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Dr. Frank Farley. He's a psychologist and former president of the American Psychological Association, and we're talking about rocking the vote. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST for 
p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about rocking the vote, the surprises in, on, in the race to the White House, um, the most recent surprise being the pregnancy of um, Sarah Palin's daughter, Bristol Palin, and um, my, talking with my guest today, Dr. Frank Farley, an internationally recognized expert in human behavior and former president of the American Psychological Association. And um, before we get back to Dr. Farley talking about his research into what Americans um, what traits Americans respect in terms of heroism. Um, I just want to make one point about how, you know, it's interesting how we're talking off the air, and Dr. Farley made the point that there's nothing worse in regard to Sarah Palin than than Obama, and that is very true. I mean, certainly it's, I mean, there's, well, you know, there are far worse his connections to terrorists being the most notable thing. Um, but the difference is that the media has not been covering uh, the things that have been turning up for months now. It's not like this is some new surprise about, uh, you know, his the people that he associates with and his background and going to a terrorist school and, and, and so on. But, um, but the media has been very quiet about that. Now come onto the scene, uh, this pregnancy issue in the Republican vice presidential candidate, and you'd have to be under a rock to not know about this. So, you know, that's part of the problem. It's really very unfair treatment of uh, what could be called scandalous news. Certainly uh, his, uh, his connections to terrorism are far more dangerous to this country than um, the vice president's daughter being pregnant. Would you like to... <laughs> yeah, let me respond to that. Uh, at least the thing about the, the coverage. It may take a while... There was a lot of intense coverage of Obama, of course, his associations with different people, like the Reverend Wright and so on, um, and that was covered relentlessly. Yes, but the so, Reverend Wright was just scratching the surface. I mean, his deeper connections, you know, and his background, his schooling and all that, really, I mean, you know, I've had guests on my show talking about that, but you don't really see this in the mainstream media. Well, I don't even know what you're referring to there, honestly, but I do know about the stuff like uh, the Reverend Wright and, and a couple of other things. And my guess is that we've got two months of campaigning, that stuff will come out all over the place and there'll be some revisiting uh, of some of the earlier things. An interesting thought about uh, Sarah Palin, though, and the current issue of her, chi her child, uh, her daughter versus, let's say, Obama's associations. 
one interesting thing is, in a sense, you don't choose family, you know. Um, family is, is what you have. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's genetic and it, it's kin. Whereas choosing associations with a, a religious figure or somebody else, the friendships, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. And family is less of a choice. And so it may reveal more about a person you know, who they associate with outside of their family than in the sense what's going on inside their family. And, you know, that may come out also down the road. But, frankly, I do, do not see what's happened in her life as radical. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that uh, Senator McCain's mother had him when she was 18. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I don't think I am. I'm not am. actually sure about that. Let's check that out. Yes, that would be... Uh, I think I heard that. That would make her... Uh, what's he now, 72? Yes. That would make her uh, 90. Uh, I believe that's... In, I think she is 90, if I'm not mistaken. And was she unmarried at the time? Uh, no, I don't know. I doubt it. But again, you know, though I do not think in contemporary America those things are fatal. I do not. I think we've moved beyond a lot of those things... Uh, I think we're less racist than we were. Well, less okay, sexist. but 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 an uh, an example of a recent example of how we may not have moved beyond it. Although you know, certainly it wasn't a presidential election issue. But just think of recently when we had uh, the scandal about Jamie Lynn Spears. She was sixteen. She got pregnant. Um, there was all this uh, in the news about, you know, how about the bad mothering or bad parenting um, that she received, you know, just like her sister, um, to find herself at 16 being pregnant. And, and yet oh, she was... Oh, come on, though. Let's not make comparisons between that. Well, what do you mean? And this, and this Sarah Palin and her child rearing. I mean, so far as I can see, she's been doing a pretty darn good job, at, you know, of raising her kids and having a pretty good family and, and an impressive career compared to the whole meltdown of the Spears clan, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a very well, I'm a just, just isolating. Comparison. I'm just isolating <laughs> this one part, and I'm saying that, you know, just like people were certainly, that was water cooler conversation about this, about Jamie Lynn Spears, I'm just saying in terms of turning voters off. It that, won't. It won't. I think American voters at a deep level are much, have a much better perspective than that, you know, and are much wiser about what's important and what's not and, and uh, people's real genuine contributions and uh, people's struggles. And I just don't see the, the child, the, the, uh, Sarah Palin's uh, daughter at age 17 getting pregnant, I do not see that as a smoking gun that's going to amount to very much, honestly. Um, you know, people move on, and, and people in America all have problems. Every household in America, behind those front doors, there's yes. problems of one sort or another. And people realize that. And so... You know, and I think we're, honestly, I think we're more accepting on so many fronts. Uh, Vice President Cheney's daughter was gay. Nobody was concerned about that that I saw, uh, by and large. And I I think that this thing about about, uh, Sarah Palin's daughter getting pregnant at at 17, I don't see that as, as a deal breaker uh, in, in, in the election. I think it might even humanize 
her and humanize her family and make them more real. And um, and so, again, I, I just don't see that thing as a key. And and also, I don't think that it's it should be targeted. I think the media should back off and leave that part of her life alone. I don't think it reflects anything profound about Sarah Palin. I want to look at the things that that are crucial for her being a heartbeat away from the presidency. And I don't think that family th- issue is, is, is a factor. Well, I, I, I must say that um, my leaning is that, um, again, it's, it's primarily thinking about the, the, the number one issue being to get McCain elected. Um, I, my opinion is that I think that she should, that Sarah Palin should recuse herself um, putting that in single quotes, um, for the good, you know, after seeing that this has, I mean, I've been on the Internet all yesterday and today um, trying to, you know, looking at articles, looking at polls and so on, and it, it really, I mean, just however much, you know, whatever much of a predictor that is, there really is a lot out there of people who are very, um, who, who are saying that they are going to change their vote. The Internet is a magnet, a magnet for negativity. We call it flaming. Yes. And it's a a magnet for negativity. And it just pulls out of the woodwork people who have negative views of almost everything. Absolutely, and who are angry enough about it to spend their time. I wouldn't Who spend their time, you know, wanting to talk about it on the Internet. Yes, they have to feel very strongly about something to want to do that. But I want to see the media, like you and everybody else, stand up and say no. That personal side of her is off limits. Let's look at what she can do as a vice president and as a president. And I want to see the media rise to the occasion and sort of lead, you know, lead on the morals and the ethics front and say, you know, that's personal. I think what Obama said is right on, and that's helping him. I have no doubt that yes, people would resonate say, to what yes, he said. That's right. But of and course, John McCain would say the same thing. Yes. Yes, he would. And aren't we trying, aren't we, don't we want one or the other of these two, and I'm neutral on them, by the way, but don't we want, we want, one of these two is going to be elected president, and I would say that both of them see this the way that I'm saying it right now. And, and I think that they're taking the high road. I want to see the media take the high road for once. Well, of course, you know, taking the high road doesn't sell as many newspapers or cause <laughs> well, as many so viewers <laughs> to tune in, you know. <laughs> I, um, but I, I don't, I mean, I guess part also, I'm looking at this also as a psychiatrist. You know, here's um, a mother who, uh, first of all, someone who does espouse um, values where it was against her values, against her family values, to have a daughter, an unmarried daughter, getting 17 years old, getting pregnant. And yet her mothering did not seem to prevent that from happening. Now oh, I, yeah. But, <laughs> now, oh, I know the mother on. wasn't there when this studly guy was talking or <laughs> whispering sweet nothings into her daughter's ear. Um but it is somewhat of a disappointment, and more than that, the fact that she's 
not expressing, at least publicly, her disappointment in this. I mean, it's one thing to cope and, and still love your daughter no matter what. That's, you know, unconditional love. Absolutely, that should happen from a mother. But, you know, it also isn't a time when you would necessarily uh, praise your daughter for getting pregnant. But we don't want her to, to stand out and say to the world, which is, her words could go to six billion people yes. to say that she's disappointed in her daughter. Now, how devastating would that be well, for her daughter? Well, that's right. How devastating so is it already that her daughter, you know, that the but, whole world knows that she's pregnant and, and isn't married? I mean, but her mother, thing. her mother, trumpeting it to the whole world, her disappointment would would, yes. would could be the straw that breaks a camel's back. Yes, that's her true. daughter doesn't need that. Okay. We don't need it, and we don't need uh, to okay. hear it. We don't need to hear it from her. I want to hear about her policies and all that stuff. <laughs> okay, yes, I'll give you that. But at the same time, it sort of puts into question maybe she shouldn't have accepted the nomination in the first place, knowing that it would put her whole family in the spotlight at this time. She's only 44. I know we have to take a break. I hear the music. Okay. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be back with more of this. And my guest, Dr. Frank Farley, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. 
Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're uh, (laughs) rocking the show um, entitled Rocking the Vote with my guest, Dr. Frank Farley. He's a scholar of political psychology. And um, we've been uh, debating the impact of uh, the vice presidential choice, Sarah Palin, and the um, most recent news regarding her pregnant daughter. Um, you know, we're t- again, we're, we're continuing this discussion off the air, and uh, we had started to say on the air about how this is a really rough time for her daughter uh, to be having her unwed pregnancy um, discussed around the world. Uh, nothing more humiliating for a 17-year-old. Um, but, you know, also, um, there's kind of a, what do you call that, a, um, uh, oh, something that can kind of come up and bite you, a, an, um, uh, an unknown quantity, um, the, the boyfriend, the father of this child, um, is a, a loose cannon. That's what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> Sounds like um, there's kind of a loose cannon in in the sense of this young man who also didn't necess- didn't know and didn't ask to have his uh, fathering be the come to the knowledge of people around the world. And I'll tell you also, psych- as a psychiatrist, um, what bothers me, what concerns me about their their relationship in this baby is that he had on his MySpace um, page, apparently, where it says, you know, do you want children or how many children do you want or whatever, um, he wrote, I don't want children. And now, granted, you know, he's only a teenager, and of course he wouldn't, I mean, you don't really think about having children seriously at that age. Of course, he should have thought of that when when he was uh, seeing her daughter and, and bought some condom. Well I, well, I guess we don't know what his belief in is in regard to that for that matter. But, but anyway, um, he's brought, been brought into this, and, and he is a loose cannon. We don't know what's going to happen there. Well, I don't know if I would call him a loose cannon because we don't know really anything about him. It's kind of hearsay, and I don't think anything here about the daughter or about the alleged father and his attitudes or whatever are a key to the success or failure of a presidential campaign. Again, I would, I don't think, I think it should be all off limits and I think we should get on in America with the, with the qualities of McCain, Palin versus the qualities of Obama, Biden and how they're going to, both of them are advocating change and how they're going to bring that change about. And, I think we should we should deep six the Hollywoodization of this of this presidential election and get on with the business of governing the most powerful nation in the history of the world. And I don't want to see this election brought down yeah. by this kind of innuendo and familial uh, gossip and so on and so forth. In my view, it is just irrelevant. And furthermore, my feeling would be where McCain uh, Palin are concerned. If if Palin were to recuse herself, uh, McCain's finished. 
I, I have no doubt about it. It would redound to his views of his judgment and so on, and I don't think the spinmeisters could salvage it. I just don't think so. And I think that there's no reason that rises to any significant level for her to back down and back out. Uh, to the contrary, she's a tough cookie. She's a risk taker. She's bold. She's shown a lot of very impressive qualities, and I think she should stick with it. And I think she is uh, almost a female version of John McCain himself. And that those two are a, are a, a, a winning combination. And I don't think they they should even worry about this stuff, but move on. And I think a significant proportion of the American electorate who are have a lot of wisdom. Will will come around and we'll see that the stuff about the daughter and so on is not relevant. Well, okay, I, I certainly <laughs> hope that you're right, and I just want to restate my position for those people who are tuning in late. Um, this is not meant to be in any way a um, uh, ne- anything negative against the McCain ticket. Because, as I said at the beginning of the show, I am a staunch McCain supporter and, in fact, involved in his campaign to elect him. And um, my main uh, criticisms of Palin have to do with my concerns that this will overshadow um, all of his good points, all of what he wants for America, and hers for that matter, too, um, and and will take the vote away from him. And um, in, uh, for as many of my listeners know, I've written a book called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted that was published in the U.K. on the one-year anniversary of 7-7. And um, is coming is going to be coming out in America called American Dreams Interrupted: How to Stay Sane and Safe in a Time of Terror. And because of my working on this in this area since uh, since 9/11, um, I have become very involved in the uh, anti-terrorism groups here. I mean, people, researchers, uh, scholars, and so on. And it is um, from a long um, involvement with that that I talk about with knowledge um, and from many sources uh, the fact that there is two that 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 uh, Obama and uh, terrorist sympathizers are two close bedfellows and and again it's not just because you should be voting against Obama it's because you should be voting for McCain and my my concerns are just that this is going to overshadow um, McCain's strength and and how much this country desperately needs him. Um, what I would love is for the Saddleback... Did you see the Saddleback Church? Um, uh, it's not really a debate, but that uh, those interviews? Um, I, tell me Pastor, more about them. With Pastor Rick Warren, it was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yes. Was that yeah. impressive or what in terms of uh, McCain's answers versus Obama? Well, I'll have to tell you the truth. I think they're both impressive, honestly. <laughs> uh, I think we, I am delighted by the electoral picture today. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything like it in a generation. And on both sides, I think we have uh, terrific candidates. Obama, Biden, and and McCain, Palin are terrific. And I think Americans should stand up and and say yes. <laughs> you know, we've done something here. We've 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 come out of 9/11. Uh, we're slowly coming out of this war, etc. And we're a maturing society that can put together these kind of slates. We've got a 72-year-old 
heroic figure, a terrific person. And he's brought in a 44-year-old dynamic female uh, with all sorts of terrific sterling qualities on, on, the, on the Republican side and on the Democrat side, terrific candidates. And honestly, I think America should be proud of what's going on here. And frankly, I don't think this country will be hurt by whomever is elected. Okay, well, you're going to have to promise me to look at some of these books that um, okay. about I will, Obama. I will. <laughs> but you're sure. entitled to your opinion. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about, um, I promised my listeners that you would talk about the seven traits of heroism that Americans seek. Um, sure, sure. Um, I'm going to go through them, uh, but the, the, uh, the order of them doesn't necessarily mean that one is more important than the other. Mm-hmm. So the first quality that Americans seek in, in their heroes, and this is based on research. I've studied heroes probably as much as anybody uh, in this country um, ever. In fact, uh, the British Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, just wrote a book entitled Courage, and he used my work as almost a scaffold for, for his book. That's great. Um, so um, not exactly, but he certainly used I hope he credited you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> That's good. So anyway, uh, the first one is courage and strength. The next one, kind, loving, generous. We want our heroes to be generous people, to be giving people. The third quality is skill, ability, intelligence. We want them to be good at something. The fourth quality, and this is the one that often is a problem uh, in politicians, is honesty, integrity. We want our heroes to be honest and, and with, of high integrity. The, um, the fifth quality is affection, and it's affection directed toward the hero. We want to feel good about that person. Almost, a, you know, we want, we want to have positive feelings about them. So there's an affection that we direct toward them. Uh, the sixth quality is motivation. We want them to be motivated people, not to be... You know, in the jargon of psychology, type B personalities, you know, the totally laid back, you know, person. We want them to be motivated individuals. And the final quality is risk-taking, adventurous. Uh, we expect our heroes to be willing to uh, go beyond, to enter the realm of uncertainty, to, to be willing to take a risk. And we do not want wallflowers, to use that old phrase. So those are the seven qualities that we seek in our heroes, and maybe we could go back through those and think about Sarah Palin, if, okay. you, if you'd like. What okay. do you think? Should sure. we do that? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's start with courage and strength. Well, my view is it takes personal strength to raise a family and create at the same time a demanding and highly successful career. Yes. Um, I guess, and she does have that. Is that, and that's what you were going to say, right? Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to wait for the rest of the six, the remaining six, until we take this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Dr. Frank Farley. Um, he is a former president of the American Psychological Association, and, you're, and I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your psychiatrist host, and we'll be right back with some more of these qualities. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking about rocking the vote, putting voters on the couch with my guest, Dr. Frank Farley. He's a scholar of political psychology. And we're talking about the seven traits of heroism that his research uh, revealed that Americans seek and um, and comparing uh, or evaluating uh, Sarah Palin in regard to these qualities. You were talking about first was courage and strength, and she did does have that. The next one, uh, generous, giving. Well, we don't know a lot about this yet, but, you know, volunteering for school for several children, raising five children, usually implies a level of givingness, sacrifice, and generosity. So I would say that she probably gets an A on that one, although we don't know a lot about that. The third one is skill or ability, and clearly she has considerable political people, and executive skills. I have no doubt about that. The fourth one, honesty or integrity. Here again, we know not much about this one at the moment, and so it's very hard to judge. Questions have been raised, and time will tell, uh, so we don't know much about the honesty or integrity factor. Um, the, uh, sixth, uh, the fifth one uh, recipient of public affection. Is she somebody who's received a lot of public affection? Well, she seems to have some of this, uh, which may be sub- reflected in her very high approval rating. She has phenomenal approval ratings and public support in Alaska, 
where approval ratings are what, 85% or something. I mean, George Bush should do so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, quality, motivation. Clearly, she's a highly motivated person. She's been able to juggle an incredible life, and that takes a ton of motivation. Finally, uh, risk-taking. In my view, it nearly always requires risk-taking to go from nowhere, a humble beginning like hers, to somewhere of note, a place of recognized high achievement. She has done it. Nearly all people who don't hit the ground running, you know, you're not a Kennedy, you're not born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but you've got nothing. Uh, If you're going to become something, you've got to take risks. You've got to be bold. And... um, and I could go on for hours about that, you know, showing it in many different lives of people of high accomplishment, but she clearly has that one. So I think she scores quite well on uh, at least uh, five or so of the seven key traits of a hero. And I think the other ones await, you know, more information. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear you. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you uh your more positive um outlook on this. I hope that people will certainly take all of this into consideration. Um, you know, I I uh we were starting to discuss off the air about what would happen or what how, how whether it would be better for her to recuse herself because that's what I was saying at the beginning that I thought that um she has quite with with a one down syndrome infant um and a 17-year-old daughter who's pregnant um and all these other and, and a, a son in in who's going to the military i mean she she certainly has enough and and other young children to raise um not that her husband couldn't <laughs> do that or pitch in or but she certainly has a a reasonable and authentic um, reason to say that in in reconsidering, um, she thinks that her family needs her more than the American people right now. She's only forty four. She could have, you know, she she'll have her chance in the future. She could have her chance in the future. Um, and I, I think maybe you know some certainly it could be said that a more honorable um, if if indeed okay if indeed the polls keep showing or they're or it's a little early now really for poll although there was a, a Gallup poll I was I've been <laughs> I've been obsessed with all of this since <laughs> this announcement because because um, I'm working so hard to try to make sure that McCain wins this is really and in just in the one day. Um, actually, Obama, when they took a po- the latest poll, the latest Gallup poll shows that Obama hit 50% for the first time in the tracking from August 30th through September 1st, through yesterday, and um, when this was all announced. And so in from the day before yesterday to yesterday Obama went up one and she and and uh, McCain went down one. Uh McCain is at 50 uh, is at 42 and he's at 50 as of yesterday. And so, you know, it's a little hard to tell yet just what impact this is making, but um I mean, I would imagine that they that the uh both parties are doing more extensive uh um, have been doing a lot of extensive polling more than this 
um, and perhaps know right now, or the Republican Party notably knows, um, just how much this announcement of yesterday is affecting the results. And if it does seem to be affecting the results, then I think it would be an honorable thing for her to um, to say, and again, with authenticity, I mean, it is really true, that her family does need her. And, um, and I don't know, maybe that will be considered sexist, but... Um, but I, I think then we started talking about who would be a better choice for vice president. Um, you know, I mean, I think also it wouldn't, I, I don't think it would hurt, some people might say that the changing in midstream would hurt McCain, but I think also to come out and say that um, taking all this into consideration, it would be risk-taking or bold, certainly for him to say that he has reconsidered his choice. I mean, you know, it's okay to admit that uh, with more information coming to coming to light that he reconsidered his choice. But you were starting to say before that you don't really see any other vice presidential candidate um, being better. Oh, I, I, that's true. I mean, there might be some others. Uh, uh, Kay, what, Kay Bailey Hutchinson, maybe. Um, I have long felt that he needed to choose a woman. Uh, as part of his character anyway. It's part of uh, who he is, I think, this kind of bold, maverick quality that a lot of people admire in him and that we really need to lead us forward. And um, uh, I felt that uh, he had to choose a woman. Now, maybe there's some other women out there, but my sense of it is it's too late to do that and that you can kiss him goodbye as the next president of the United States if she resigns and he's got to scramble for uh, for a con- consolation prize, you know, a consolation prize VP. Well, I he, just don't he, think he it's... He supposedly was, had been leaning towards um, Senator Joe Lieberman from Connecticut or Pennsylvania Governor Tom Ridge. Well, you know, they're very ho-hum. Um, and again, they're, you know, second choice, third choice, who knows what, but they're the consolation prize, and I think it would redound against him because people would say, oh, man, you know, I mean, this was like such a big decision, and if he can't make that decision more wisely, or at least he can't stick to it and has to start second-guessing it and so on, and then she backs out and... And people are going to believe that he might have forced her out anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's going to be impossible to spin that one very well. And uh, I think it would kill his candidacy. I, I have no doubt. Uh, then it's Barack Obama just cruises right on in. So I think that, uh, frankly, and I think for the good of the country, I do not see the problems with her candidacy. I think it's, um, I, I think it's a, a terrific choice. I really do, and I wanted to see a woman uh, on the ballot for vice president or president, frankly, but it didn't work out on the Democrat side, and for the Republicans to do it is terrific, and I don't think that he or them or anyone should back down at this point. Absolutely not. Stay the course. She's got a lot of sterling qualities. Well, let's end on that because you're very convincing, and I hope you have convinced a lot of my listeners. Because, um, because really, the ultimate uh, the ultimate goal here is to, in my in my unabashed, uh, boldly stated opinion, um, without any question whatsoever, is McCain for president. 
So thank you very much. My guest has been Dr. Frank Farley. He's a scholar of political psychology and the former president of the American Psychological Association and, uh, and a fan of <laughs> Sarah Palin. So thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.